0: or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Your book's journey isn't over after it's been launched. Nope, it's got a whole lifetime ahead of itself. And so while I'm leading you through writing and launching a best selling book, I'm also showing you how to make that book work for you for the rest of your career and your life. Welcome to Launch Your Book with Anna David. Hi there, you're listening to Launch Your Book with Anna David, a podcast hosted by me, Anna David, where I talk to writers and entrepreneurs and thought leaders and all those people about how to launch a book and what a book can do for your career. Today, I have the very brilliant writer, Erica Schickel, on the show. Her book, uh, The Big Hurt, was recently released by Hachette. It is her second book. The first book is called You're Not the Boss of Me, Adventures of a Modern Mom, and she's written for all the places, the L.A. Times, the L.A. Weekly, Salon, uh, L.A. Review of Books, all the places. And what we talked about, I've known Erica b- vaguely. I mean, we've we've run across each other and uh, just always found her completely delightful and did not know her story, didn't know anything about her until I saw this book was coming out. And I clicked a link and it was a Vanity Fair story about Erica and how this book was about... Um, First of all, I didn't know her dad was Richard Schickle. I I didn't. He was famous uh, film critic and author. And and, and, and there's this whole crazy story. I'm not going to tell you about it because you've got to go get the book. But basically, it's a it's a it's a story about um, something that that I felt very connected to because I have uh, personal experiences that mimic hers. And I think it is the most brilliant examination of how uh, we as women young girls coming up and, and the power dynamics with men and how that defines us, all these things. I'm being very inarticulate, but she is very articulate, of course, because this is a podcast about launching the book. We did also focus on what she feels are the most important elements of a launch. And really, it comes down to who you know. And that doesn't have to mean knowing fancy people. It's leaning on the people you know. So... That's all I'm going to tell you. She's really bright. She's really funny. So this is a fun conversation. If you would like to find out more about Erica, you need to go to the show notes for this episode, which you can get at launchpadpub.com blog Erica with a K E R I K A. And with that, I give you Erica Schickle. Erica, I'm so excited we're doing this. Thank you.
1: Thank you Anna I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well you are very kind as we know that you know you're on Madeline brand you're in Vanity Fair and so for you to be so open to doing this and 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 excited means something to me. Um, so your book as I have told you and as I've been trying to tell Amazon uh, buyers and Amazon is cockblocking me sorry guys and not, not just allowing you. me to post. Yeah
1: a lot yeah. of people can't post on an Amazon review.
0: What's Something going on? really weird is going on. Anyway, but, but back to, we can definitely bitch about that, mm. but, but your book is so exquisite. So, um, it, it's the kind of thing where I, I bought it. I, I told you this in the review, cause I showed you, even though Amazon didn't let me post it. Um, you know, it's like, I bought it I, because I have met you and adore you. And I was just like, I was into the kind of salacious story and like, And and I could and I felt like it was the most profound uh, statement on power plays between men and women and sexuality and being young and getting attention and thinking we have the power, but really, we don't. It just I couldn't put it down. So thank you for creating such an exquisite book.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I Um, appreciate
0: it. And what is the title of the book? The title is the big hurt. They heard that in the introduction <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that you haven't, you don't have to hear. Um, but yes, please just go get this now. It, it, it's, it, I mean, we're going to be focusing on launch and 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 yeah. all those things and all those frustrations and joys. But but and it's listeners know I don't always go on and on about the quality of the book, but you guys just have to read this book. Um, now now, so Erica let's talk about the launch. So you, this is your second book. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a lot of interest before the book came out, right? Like this Vanity Fair stuff. And how,
1: tell me, oh, tell us how that yeah. Okay. Well, so first of all, no, there was not a lot of interest before the book came out. Um, the publisher was very interested and paid me handsomely for the book and a short, put the head of publicity on the case and assured me that they would be throwing the full force of their many resources behind the book. And then, um, and I had a conversation about a month before publication with my agent who called me and said, hmm, I'm wondering if it's a little late, but maybe you should hire a publicist. You know, I'm not quite sure how Hachette is going to be handling the book yada, yada, yada. And she didn't know. She was just bringing it up. And we sort of tossed it back and forth. But because we had the head of publicity at Hachette personally overseeing my book, the release of my book, we were like, let's just let her do her job. Mm -hmm. And I will do, as all authors know, everything I can within my limited means to promote this book. So I you know I got to work doing what I could do and I presumed they got to work and they did. I mean they sent the book out to their list and they do the things that publishers do. But in all of their work the only thing that they secured for me was the Zippy Owens podcast which is which wonderful. is huge huge and fantastic. Fantastic. Have so you fa- recorded no, because it's not until the end of November. My book I'm doing published- it too.
0: I know. I'm doing it too next year for a book that came out this week. But still, right. she's amazing. Know, and she's that's amazing. so
1: great. But the other thing is, like, I met Zibby at a party, like, two yeah. weeks later. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to have you on. You know, she's awesome and whatever. Yeah. But I was like, hmm, you know, that was in the my world of connections. Like, you I could have done, have done it. I could have gotten that, you know? yeah. So, And and what I was looking for was, like, push in the areas that I have no reach into, like New York book reviewing publicity markets, you know. I'm very good on West Coast, California stuff, but I got nothing for, for New York. So I was really hoping that they would help with that, but nothing came out of it. The Vanity Fair piece I got, you know. Madeline Brand press play. I got that. You know, all of that was me just, like, shaking down my friends and saying, help me, God. You know, it was Annabelle Gerwich, God bless her, that God pointed her. me to the guy who wrote the Vanity Fair piece, you know. So, it's been a real struggle, and I wish it's... I'd hired that publicist. You
0: know what, though? I speak from experience. You'd just be frustrated with that publicist too, probably. Yeah, you really would, because here's what I now think. I think that that unless they, the publisher, has decided you're the one we care about, um, and and they really only decide that when you don't need them to care about you. Yes then you're in business. Otherwise it's, especially if, you know, you come from a world where you have connections, you I've hired publicists and I've always been able to get more from what yeah. I could do, than from what they could do. Yeah. And it's just a really frustrating thing because you also learn that publicity doesn't really sell books. It mm. really doesn't. A yeah. Madeline brand probably will, but it really doesn't. So, so, so let's talk about what you did do. So you, of course, I, I think it's, interesting that you don't have New York connections when you're such the New York
1: girl. Yeah, I know, except that my whole professional life has happened on the West Coast. So all the freelance writing I did was for like the LA Times, who, by the way, has not reviewed, reviewed my book. Um, you know, all the weekly, the weekly and all these sort of local, that's where I have my reach. I haven't lived in New York since 1988.
0: So. Right, right. Yeah. So what did you do? So, so let's, so let's, you, you got this, book. this is a book that you had been trying to write. People will learn this when they read the book, or I can't remember if I learned that in the PR Mm -hmm. about it, but you had been trying to write this book for many years. Yes. Yes. And what happened?
1: So, yeah, I wrote the book. It took 12 years to write this book um, for many reasons, having nothing to do with the publishing world um, mostly. Um, But in 2018, wait 1920 no 17 we went out with the book my age and i went out with the book to everybody there was interest uh and then the interest all dissipated and i brought the manuscript back in and we talked about what i would need to do and we would try again and so i spent a year rewriting i hired a professional editor because when you read the book you'll see the structure is really it's a toggle structure and it's a pretty complicated structure in order to tell these two stories from two, three decades apart. So I hired an editor who helped me piece that jigsaw puzzle together in a better way. And then we went out with it again. During As a completed pen- manuscript. Yes. And when I started writing this back in 2008, the year after my first book published, my agent at that time said, you know what, Erica, I think we will do better if we sell this as a completed manuscript, not as a proposal. And I was like, great. And she was like, just go write it. Right? So 12 years later, I mean, and she's been sort of, I mean, she's fantastic. And we've been in touch over the years. And then I finally, you know, and it was, I did sell a completed manuscript in the middle of a pandemic, which I take as a personal victory, and, um, Sure. And and it was a bit. There was a bidding war for it, and it sold to the highest bidder for a nice chunk of change for a writer who doesn't make any money, and um, and I thought that was the golden road was laid out before me. So
0: many things. First of all, I, I've literally this is only the second time I've ever heard of a, a nonfiction book selling completed. It is so rare oh, is that, that that happens. Hmm. Yes. And, and it's just, it's just enraging to me that there's a bidding war and they pay all this money for it. And then they leave, they hang you out to dry.
1: I mean, you know, and I don't want to say they hung me out to dry. I mean, not only because I want, I want to be politic about it, but also because I don't think they did hang me out to dry. I think that they, I think that, I think the publishing model, and I'm sure this has been discussed on your show ad nauseum, but I will let me just say the publishing model is so screwed up right now. You know, they throw, it's like they just throw things at the wall. They just buy books, buy books, buy books, but they only really put energy, promotional energy into those super big ticket, the ones that are going to be obvious big sellers, you know, you know, an Obama book or, you know a sally rooney book as we're seeing right now you know a few titles get get the juice and then the rest are just sort of like you're on your own kids you know yep. who are your influencers you know we're made to <laughs> fill out a form of our influencers you know <laughs> And all of that is great, you know, it's absolutely what you should do, but it's not like they went to that form and said, okay, how can we reach these people most effectively and get the biggest bang for the buck? You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: There's no, there was no back and forth there. And as a writer, I could have really used that because as we all know, we were made for writing, not necessarily for flogging the product. It's a whole other set of skills it is
0: oh. it is and and i do think that that's something it's always been an issue i mean since i've been published since 2007 but it every week it becomes more of an issue i've become mm-hmm. much better at flogging and, le- and less good at writing which is actually much better much better skill set for 2021 rather be better at flogging i, I got a mortgage to pay yeah. um, and and, yeah. and it is possible to do both but yeah this is my thing is that is that it's like the own books, books are the, it's like we, it's like these people came to you and said, we're going to give you all this money for this movie that you're going to write, direct, produce, and star in. And we are so excited. And then yeah. the day of the release, you call them and their numbers disconnected and you're like, but I thought, why'd you give me all this money yeah. if you're not going to be here for the premiere? And they're like, what premiere? We never, we have a premiere for Glennon Doyle. We don't have a premiere for you. Right? Yeah. So that's yeah. that that's what it feels like, which is why I, I made my escape, because it broke my heart every time, because it's like this isn't these aren't trifles. Like you put your everything into that. And while it's wonderful that it's affecting people, it should be affecting the
1: masses. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I, and it has nothing to do with merit or anything like that. And, and again, I want to just say, you know, the people I've worked with at Hachette, as individuals are amazing people, kind, professional, dedicated people. I think that they are working inside of a broken system yes, that doesn't true. know how to adapt to the new market that is out there. Yes. And we're also dealing with a problem of saturation of the marketplace. There are so many books coming out, you know, that, you know, A, publishers are struggling to allocate resources for, for publicity. B, you know, outlets, you know, can't, you know, reviewing outlets or whatever, don't have the space to review all the books that they should be reviewing. And it's just a perfect storm for the author. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I shouldn't, I should really not have all this animosity towards the publishers who are, you know, broke too. It's mm-hmm. just it's a frustrating system because it, you know, I feel like a book is only they're banking on the, you know, the the sort of Elizabeth Gilbert, Glennon Doyle. And 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 a book basically, when not when non-readers read your book, you're a crazy hit because what because It's when people are going to go to parties, back when we all went to parties and say, Hey, have you read Eat, Pray, Love? And you're going to feel dumb that you haven't read Eat, Pray, Love or Go On Warrior, whatever these books are called. And so you read them. And that's when a book becomes a stupendous success. And yeah, most of my animosity is about Glennon Doyle. I see this. (laughs) I saw this post the other day, and she's like, You know, I'm on the number one on the New York Times list for the last seven years. We did it. And I'm just like, Why didn't we do it for me? Yeah. Like if if we did it, it's just so unfair.
1: Yeah, it's 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 absolutely makes no sense. And it's just, you know, it's just capitalism run amok. It's just capitalism running its own algorithm. And it has nothing to do with the specifics of anything. The books, the authors, the people in the publishing house and what they feel about these books or authors. I mean, it's just so algorithmic at this point. It's yeah, it's dehumanizing. And I just want to
0: say, too, about Elizabeth Gilbert. Who's a lovely uh, writer. Oh,
1: I adore Elizabeth Gilbert. So I was a book critic at the L.A. Times when I was assigned Eat, Pray, Love, which nobody had ever read. And if you look on the paperback, there's a pull quote from my review. It's attributed to the L.A. Times, not to Erica Schickel, of course. But I loved that book, you know, and it was because they that editor gave me that book i responded to it i wrote a really my review was eat and pray are awesome love is a little lacking but this is a fresh interesting voice and yada 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 well would that happen today would i have been assigned elizabeth gilbert's book as a book critic would there be space for that memoir at any of the major outlets now. I mean, she wasn't a huge name at that point. She'd written a novel, right? you know, so I don't know, you know, I, again, it's the system.
0: Yes. And this is why I'm constantly preaching, get out of the system, you know, build a business, write a book that can help that business because it's going to break your heart. Otherwise. Yeah. Um, isn't this a cheery Tuesday morning conversation yeah. with me? Um, <laughs> But, but so, so in terms of, and what's interesting about in your book, you talk, t- it is about um, p- part of the story is about an affair with a very successful writer who gets the red carpet rolled out. And so yeah. you got to see, and plus your dad, I'm sure for his book launches, you know,
1: were they like um, that? You know, less so. My father no, he didn't get that. I mean, he got more than I would get, you know, at this point, you know. And, and and you know, the world has changed. Um, my author <laughs> uh, has a big, big name, a big brand and a big fan base. And so and even now today, I don't know that he still gets the tours that he got when we were together. But uh, yeah, I was up close and personal on like the North American book tour, the Canadian book tour, the European book tour. I mean, it was amazing to see. And I'm really glad I got to see it, you know, yeah. to experience that because I know I'll never experience it personally.
0: But did you think at the time, oh, for my next book, it'll be like this?
1: Oh, God, no. I never thought that you know i'm not i wasn't him i don't write the kinds of books that he writes i mean that's not a qualitative you know assessment it's just he writes crime noir fiction and i'm writing a memoir so it's a different it's a different marketplace place but also he's a man and i'm a woman i mean you know and i think there's a lot of sexism and misogyny built into this system as well where women's voices are being sort of relegated to the back channels, to the pink book covers, to the, you know, women's literature section and the conversation around our work isn't taken as seriously as the conversation around men's work. Even today. Let me look at Franzen's, you know, latest or or I just yeah. saw this morning, you know, God help us, Carl Nosgaard has a novel out, right? Oh, right. You know, and I mean that that memoir, that five volume memoir he wrote of which I only could read the first volume. (laughs) Oh my God. No, I, I slogged mostly through it. And I was, by the end of it, I was like, you know, and everything that people were saying at the time is like, this is essentially a woman's story, but it's not being given any critical uh, heft because uh, you know, if unless it's written by a man.
0: Did you read there's a vanity story family fair story emily gould's story about the three jonathans and it's about mm. it's about how their time's over if you're a jonathan Fine. if you're a safinfo four if you're a, a friends yeah and um and it's it's such a there's a great line in it that says jonathan ames despite being named jonathan is not a jonathan michael Shabad, despite not being named jonathan is a jonathan, is a jonathan. <laughs> yeah. um, it's um yeah i know it's so so but but so let's talk about the launch so you basically the book came out quite quickly if you got the deal during the pandemic
1: i mean it's it was the, your standard deal i mean i got it you know i got the deal like two weeks before george floyd was murdered and i remember at the time going like Thank God I sold this before that event, because as a white woman, I don't know that my book would have been bought after in the sort of great swell of Black Lives Matter, which let me just say, hooray for Black Lives Matter. I mean, this is not about that, but it's simply about how cultural tastes are such a, you know, such a weather vane, you know? And yeah. so I sort of feel like I slipped under the line somehow. Yeah, under the barely. Yeah.
0: Barely made it. Barely,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it, it did publish in the usual amount of time. I had the regular kind of lead up.
0: Yeah, I think the reason that it seems so fast to me is, like I said, I don't know people, most everyone I know who sells a nonfiction book, then they write it for a year and a half, then it's right. another year. So it was ready to go. You had already hired an external editor. So mm-hmm. when, they, when Hachette acquired it, did they did an edit or just yes, really a copy? And I,
1: I did some more editing on it as well. I mean, you know, and believe me, if I could take that manuscript back, I would give it one more pass. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's There's a- Bunch of stuff in there that I'm like, really? Did I use that word twice in the same two sentences? Jeez. But I am a very perfectionist nitpicky person. Um, but yeah, I got a chance to do a line edit and they with them and all of that, which was great.
0: And so tell me what you did do for the launch. I got, you know, uh, uh, an email, Sandra, like, I don't know how to say her name, but she's a very like fancy writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big party thrown for you. To, mm-hmm. so, so what did you plan?
1: Okay. So pretty much nothing. I mean, other than I, you know, I filled out the form, I got my, my influencers listed in my places that I work and where am I, blah, 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 all of that, you know? Um, and then the book launched and nothing happened. And so then I began scrambling And I, as I said, I whipped up this Vanity Fair thing and I got a couple of other good hits, you know, that were super helpful. Um, But right now the book is selling, I think, purely by word of mouth, which has Mm -hmm. been incredibly strong. And one of the things that I feel I'm very lucky in is because this is a book that specifically addresses the challenges uh, that women of our generation being sort of Gen X um, face in terms of growing up and you know finding their place inside the culture. So my audience is a book reading and talking audience. Yeah. And and I cannot tell you how many letters I've gotten emails unsolicited from people I've never met saying how moved they are and how they're buying one for their sister in law, how they're buying one for their mom. You know, so that is keeping and I have no way to judge how it's selling other than the very benighted Amazon ranking which is no way to tell, but it's all we have. We cling to the Amazon ranking, like the pathetic fools we are thinking that that is going to tell us how our book is doing.
0: What else are we going to do? What That's else do the we worst, do. the worst. And you're lucky the pandemic is still going on in this way that you don't have to go everywhere and run into people and go, how's your book doing? Yeah. And you're like, uh, well, I don't have book scan and I haven't heard from my publisher. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I it's, don't know.
1: It's the worst
0: question ever. It is. It's pretty um, bad.
1: And I have to say, you know, I think it's not doing very well. And yet I think it's kind of having a life and doing better on its own than anyone would have expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not selling thousands and thousands of copies, but I'm selling hundreds and hundreds of copies. And I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the statistic is something like the average book sells 30 copies. So, you know, you're doing very well. And I yeah. do feel like it's one of these books that, you know, and a, a, as you know, I just re-released my my book that I was so proud of that got yeah. totally forgotten. And, and, and you know, I, I was saying to somebody the other day, I'm going to do a lifelong launch. I'm not going to worry about the launch. It's yeah. just I'm going to keep talking about this and yeah. i'm not going to be frustrated by what's not happening because i will just assume it will be happening in the future of this book.
1: I am taking the very same attitude and i do it not only as a way to sort of prop up my flagging spirits but also because i actually believe it. I mean, yeah, i know that i wrote an amazing book that it really speaks to people in a way that is new and fresh that it's a book that is both moving and fun to read, page-turny and sticky. So I think that it's going to continue to have a life. Um, But to the publishing date, I think that's another thing that has really changed in publishing, um, which is that the publishing date is no longer what it once was, which is back in the day, everything pegged to that, to your publication date and the sort of three to four weeks that followed it. And that would be whether you made it or not, you know. But now because of pandemic, the internet, the changing face of publishing, you know, all of this, all of these sort of competing sources of information. Now the rollout really is, it's more like a year. I mean, you know, we will all promote our books and I would love everyone to buy a copy of You're Not the Boss of Me, <laughs> my 2007 book. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it is, I think it's more like you get a year with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think also the thing before was this pre-orders. Everybody was obsessed with pre-orders mm-hmm. because then I don't, eat, you know, bookstores, it kicks in and they order more. And I think you're right. I think we're just at such a clusterfuck of a time transition that nobody knows what to do. And I will say, in relaunching Party Girl, um, I got to see what Harper Collins had done when they listed it on this should throw. Fear into anyone's bones who's being traditionally published they listed the book as science fiction science fiction what
1: the hell
0: as romance yeah romance is a very specific genre like you can't just say like uh, with a love story there's romance um they listed it as a writing reference i mean they listed the wrong publisher so it's just amazing to me, and that's why I'm always sort of trying to empower writers, is what I now know about the Amazon back end, which I would tell you, except I wouldn't let you control it. How to put keywords in certain places, what book descriptions actually right. work, all of these things. Um, it, you know, it, the publishers just don't know them.
1: You know, every time I look at my Amazon ranking, you, you get a few, like nonfiction, and here are your categories. And I guess the publisher chose them. So mine are raising adolescent children and dysfunctional families
0: <laughs> oh i've hit the dysfunction number one in dysfunction are families. you that oh. is a pride. that is um, a point of pride
1: congratulations anna
0: hilarious <laughs> raising i mean the kids are mentioned for sure that's not how i would categorize no it, but no. no
1: of course not yeah.
0: but um so and then you did an actual in-person book party correct
1: Yes, I did. My friend, Sandra Singh Low, who is a brilliant writer in her own right, um, had organized, was going to throw a party for me. And then we got the Delta wave and she was going to do it in her living room. So then we moved the party to my house. So I ended up effectively throwing myself a book party. Why not? Um, just, I have a big backyard so we could be gather safely there. Um, but, uh, I say, why the hell not throw yourself a book party? I mean, I spent 12 years writing this book and I deserved a goddamn party.
0: And did you manage to have fun at it? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I right, think right, right. that people also think, well, I'll have a book party. also. will send to It's like, no, usually you're giving your books away if you're having, because the worst is when you have the reading back when we did those and your friends come and you're like, I'm so glad you're here. Are you not fucking buying the book? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, you're just here.
1: And and you resent the people that showed up. I sold 40 copies of my book at cost at my party, which was really good to do because, you know, I mean, I have wonderful and influential friends who are, you know, I mean, I would have. So, you know, I mean, yeah, people come to your book event and then they don't buy your book. But I also assume that maybe it's because they bought it already and, you know, they don't, you know.
0: I don't know. Very I don't generous know. spirit you have. Yeah. <laughs> um. And 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 have you have you heard from the writer that the book mentions?
1: I have not. No, and I don't not. expect to. Yeah, I don't expect to. You know. Um. You know, as I say in the book, you know, on our last conversation, he said to me, "We will never speak again." And he's a man of his word, and I, I, I don't need to speak to him. Um, I, am not afraid though. I mean, you know, people, I've been asked a lot, the question of like, do I fear a lawsuit? Um, and I did receive one legal threat, um, from somebody, but not him, not him. So, but he's on the first part of the story. No, actually, um, there is there was a rape in the book that somebody found out about, and they threatened me with legal action unless I removed it from the book. And it was actually a single paragraph that described this rape, just a factual description. I don't editorialize on it, nor did I build the book around it. It wasn't the main event of the book, and it didn't affect the book to take it out, but it have affected me deeply to take it out. And I'm, I'm sort of tortured about it. Yeah. And so when did this threat come? So this threat came luckily before we went to press. So this guy got a copy, a galley of my book from somebody, and I think I know who. Um, And Mm -hmm. he and his wife went through it with a little highlighter pen. And then they hired an attorney who wrote me a threatening letter. And because I do not wish to engage with this man ever, ever, ever again, and nor did I want my book to be tainted by, like, a legal scandal, I decided to withdraw the paragraph that was in there. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ugly.
0: And this person was clear, probably not identifiable
1: at all. So whatever... All the names are pseudonyms in the book except for where I have gotten express permission from that person or the person is dead. So, yeah, yeah. but, but, you know, the, the, it could be inferred who it was, you know, from my description. So.
0: Yeah. I'm so, yeah, I'm so sorry that happened. It's happened with a a number of the books we published, not a number, but, but uh, it's happened and it's like, well, uh, the best, as my, as my lawyer says, the best defense is the truth. If it happened, it, that's your defense. but people can sue for any, they don't have to have any case to make your life hell.
1: Yeah. And in California, if you're not, you know, there's a difference. Like, you know, the writer I write about is a famous person and he's written about me and he's written about his experience. You know, I'm sort of just echoing things he's already written about so he can't really come after me, but the other person is not famous. And that's yeah. sort of the difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, so um, if you had to give tips for how to launch your book, what would they be?
1: Uh okay. I mean, some of these are pretty obvious, but God, start early. Start a year before. And I remember in the lead up to the book, my sort of scratching my head and going, you know, if I was a really smart author, I would be now doing some proactive things to, you know, and I was kind of like, I don't even know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. You know, I don't I, I, I couldn't figure it out. Um. I would I wish that I had hired somebody and I'm in fact talking I have a proposal from a, a publicist right now in my inbox um and I may hire her cuz she feels that she can help push this to the next level um but yeah I mean do that get get your early game going you know read do your research into how to publicize a book you know and also you know, start grooming your, your, your contacts, your people that can sort of, you know, platform you and, and help get the word out about your book. Um, I mean, luckily, most of the people I know i have done it, I've been sort of just friendly with anyway. Um, and because I've been out of, th- I haven't done, I haven't asked for any favors in over a decade, because I've just been off writing this book. So, you know, I don't, it, it, it's sort of a different thing for me. But um, yeah, I would do that. I would let go of publication date as some kind of hallowed, almighty date. Um, no, what else? You know, I mean, there are other things that I don't know that I would do, like, yeah, maybe have a blog or a podcast. I mean, Anna, you're really doing it right. Um, my brain isn't really set up that way. Um, and although I'm trying to become a little bit more like you, Anna, but um, it's, it's a struggle, it's a struggle, you know, sell
0: a lot of books
1: to be clear.
0: I don't. And I never have,
1: but, but nor have I, and nor will I. And I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do next? You know? I mean, it's very hard to get excited about starting a new book when you're still sort of hurting from your, and I, and I don't want to speak as though this experience is over because really my book published six weeks ago and I have right. months to decide whether or not this has been a, success, a professional success for me. So I'm not trying to jinx it or, or anything like that. But, you know, I go, oh, that's really hard. And I'm not getting a lot of support. And that took me 12 years to do. And do I really want to sit back down and do it all over again on another book? Um, I mean, the answer kind of is yes, because writing is just what I do. But on the other hand, that's not a professional plan, do you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And I am now in a position where I'm trying to figure out, like, how am I going to make my next dollar, you know, yeah. because of other things going on in my life? So, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how do I turn? Oh, and this is another interesting thing that I think would, you should, we should talk about, which is sort of how there are different worlds for your book, different sort of areas for your book, and how you get promoted. One of the things I'm up against is that I'm not a famous person, right? So people see, you know, your your press release coming in over the transom or whatever, and they see it and they go, well, uh, it's a memoir by a woman I've never heard of. You know, I'm not interested in that so one of the things that I'm doing is sort of retooling myself and going out as an expert in my field, which is the I am an expert in talking about talking about adolescent trauma, talking about um, epigenetic shame and, you know, intergenerational shame. Um, I'm an expert in talking about how women get labeled early, early, early in those lives, and those labels become in- integrated into our very identity and then hinder us in our own lives and how to move past those things. So these are my areas that like, I'm now pushing myself as an expert in. Yeah. But then there's the other side of the coin, which is the sort of, and I'm doing scare quotes, the literary side, right? So my book is about topical sociological issues, right? And I'm going out on that platform, but it's also like a a whole ass work of literature, you know? I mean, it is a a carefully and beautifully written book. So I'm trying to reach the literary world, you know, and saying, "Here here is a new voice that should be noticed and so forth. So it's kind of a two prong thing. And I only came to the second prong in the last three weeks. Of like, oh, I should be an expert. Well,
0: okay, because my heart starts to beat faster when I hear a really great idea. And it started to when you were talking about that. You know what I say? I say... Fuck the literary world. That's where the pain, that's where the that's Mm -hmm. where the like please accept me uh comes. And it's it's awful. The expert world is what you can control. And this concept of a label gets put on you as a child that you had nothing to do with, and you believe it because you have no idea it's not true. So you then act it out. It is certainly my story, it is certainly many people's stories.
1: Oh, yeah. That
0: is brilliant. And I had never heard it articulated until you did in this book. So first of all, Erica, this is actually a career intervention. I didn't know that till just now. You're going to do a TEDx talk on that. Oh, that's what you're going to do. All right. That is how you're going to spread your expertise because that is a necessary people need to hear that message. You're going to hire this publicist as long as they're going to pitch you as this expert and forget pitching you as a writer. I just don't think it I don't think there's anything. I don't think anyone cares. You yeah. know, this is, this is what I always say, and I stole it from someone else. Uh, nobody cares about your book. What they care about is what can your book do for them? And yes. so when it's a memoir, that's, a lot of memoirs can't do anything for anyone. Your book can. Your yeah. book is a memoir that can change somebody's perspective on, on, on um, you know, who they've been told they are. So that's what that's your work. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel very good about that. How do I get a TED
1: Talk? <laughs>
0: I can. I, I actually can help you. My company does help people do this. We make their books into TED Talks. But what I, so I just compiled a list of like, my team just compiled a list of like all the TED Talk, TEDx Talks in 2022. I'll send it to you. Okay. You submit. I did three. They're not that hard to get into. They'll happily have you. It just is kind of an annoying process. Yes. Like you just have to figure it out. And send, Okay. And, you know.
1: But let's just note to your listeners right now. Yes, they are hearing. They are hearing this exact magic that we are talking about. Yes, this is the it's the conversations that you have with people, the people you already know that are going to yield the most fruit for your book. So, true, yes. Anna, I know you just because we are writers in LA and we've mingled, you know, in our world, right? We are You did not- my show. You took my did my show. Though. Yeah, I did. I yes. did do your show. Yeah. But I, the, how did I get on your show? Because we were writers so mingling in, in the world. Yes. Yes. So, that is. That's Mm. what it's all about, I think, at this point Mm -hmm. in terms of book promotion and book launching is like, Mm -hmm. you know, call up the person and don't even just like call your Anna Davids, you know, call the other people that aren't, you don't think, because they know an Anna David, you know, and you cannot take for granted anybody in your contact list. Yes. Because they all are going to have their own response to the book and be like, I mean, I just had a girlfriend call me up yesterday saying, you know, I got a really old friend at WME who is, you know, and she's in charge of turning books into films. Why don't we send her a book? You know, and this is a mom, I know. This isn't, you know, positioned in publishing. So that's really the biggest message that I have, which is just don't take your people for granted, your community for granted.
0: That is such a good point. And actually I've been thinking, I do think it would make a great movie. I could so see this. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I think that is true. I think it's very easy to go, well, I don't know any. I hear people say that all the time. Yeah. I don't know anyone famous. I don't know anyone. What's well, like, um, you know, go through everyone, you know, knows somebody else. And and like this thing with the reviews and what you were saying. So, so I did want to we'll wrap up, but I didn't want to talk about that. People are telling other people are telling you they're trying to review on Amazon. It's not letting them.
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, if you didn't buy the book on Amazon, I don't think you can review it on Amazon.
0: So, it, this ha- it seems to have changed. You used to be able to do a review, but it would only say verified if you yes. bought it. With your book, I bought the hardcover from Amazon and I went to go review it and it said, you have not purchased this book. You can't,
1: I I gave them $24.95 or what whatever. the hell? I, I mean, know. I don't understand. I Yeah, I've had three or four people say, I just tried to post a review and I can't. It's telling me that there's issues with the account and I don't know what. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so, so
0: annoying. But yeah, but I mean, I and and then of course, like, oh, sorry. One final thing I want to talk about. So, so Annabelle the Great, Annabelle Garwich has been on this podcast, and she is the queen of the. I think she starts working on on publicity for a book before she has her book idea. She's uh, she uh, is
1: amazing.
0: Out yeah. there making calls, making things happen. Oh my god! Um, yeah. And so you're doing events with people. That's another really good tip. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: related. You use your people. And a bookstore is more likely to want to have two writers because then they have the chance of bringing in two different audiences. So that's something. Yeah.
1: And I just did an event with Annabelle at Barnes & Noble, and I'm doing another one in October with her at Pages Bookstore in Manhattan Beach. Are those in person? Uh Uh-huh. In-person events. And then I've got an in-person at Skylight Books on October 13th with the great Caitlin Flanagan. So That's amazing. That's going to be a really hot night. It's going to be great. So yeah. I mean, and again, I just, I keep asking Annabelle for favors and because she is an uber mensch, you know, she's helping me out. So that's, that's the name of the game. I really think at this point.
0: Yeah, get comfortable asking for help.
1: Ask for a favor and be people a good person. Doing favors, you know? yes. Find a, you know, in the years, if you were an asshole in the years leading up to publication, try <laughs> to be less of one, you know, so that people will want to help you and also help people if they, if you're given an opportunity to give back in any way at all, you know. Yes. I'm not currently helping any authors with their books, but I am volunteering to help high school students write college essays. And karma is karma. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just be willing to give and you will receive, you know? That's that's just how it works. I
0: agree. And by the way, the day that I was fighting with Amazon to post your, the review of your book was the day my book was released and it felt so good to not fucking focus on myself for a second. Like Uh, I'm like, I'm going out and asking for a bunch of reviews. The best thing I can do, of course, Amazon didn't let me, is review a a great book. Yeah. Um, Okay. So if people want to find you, what's the best way?
1: Well, I'm Erica Schickle on Twitter and just spell Erica with a K um, and Schickle, S-C-H-I-C-K-E-L. Just put, just type in the big hurt. You'll find my name. I'm on Twitter at Erica Schickle. I'm on Instagram as Schickety, S-C-H-I-C-K-I-T-Y. And I'm Erica Schickle on Facebook and LinkedIn. Awesome. Erica, and thank, thank you. My, one more yes. thing. My website is ericachickle.com and all the book information is on there just go there or just go to amazon
0: and just buy this book you you will not regret it thanks you guys for listening and erica thank you so so so, so much
1: much. thank you this has been great
0: thanks for joining me this week on launch your book with anna david for more info about the show go to launchyourbookpod.com where you can get show notes and so much more If you got anything out of this episode, I can't tell you how much I would appreciate a review. And don't forget, my company, Launchpad Publishing, is here to help you at any stage in your writing and publishing journey. Just go to launchpadpub.com for more, and be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode.